The Cougars are back. Play fake. Wilson on the seam. Caught by Bushman. 10-5. Touchdown, Cougars! We're two hours away from the kickoff. BYU football. Play fake for Wilson. A deep drop. Goes for the back right pylon of the end zone. He's got a touchdown, and the Cougars open up on top. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also proudly supported by Kingarf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Tonight, your BYU Cougars face the Boise State Broncos, who enter tonight's matchup ranked number 14 in the country. As always, I'm joined by former BYU signal caller Riley Nelson. Riley, the Cougars are 2-4. and four. They have lost three in a row, most recently dropping a 27-23 to 23 game at South Florida last Saturday. Boise State, on the other hand, 6-0, and oh, coming off a dominating performance over Hawaii. And listen to these numbers. Boise right now averaging 37 points per game, only giving up 19. Contrastly, BYU scoring 22 points a game, giving up 31. Riley, this is considered a rivalry game, whether whether fans consider them a rival if, or it's a, a secondary rival, however you consider it, BYU looks at it as a rivalry game. And with the Cougars' recent struggles, a win tonight would go a very long way in turning things around. No question. And, and Shep, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think there's a lot of different dynamics at play for tonight's game that it being a home game, homecoming, Boise State's dealing with some injuries, while BYU is too, but I know they've mixed up some things on the back end, so I think we'll see some different looks from BYU that we haven't seen thus far this season for all those reasons. And, and then ultimately, this is why you play the game. It's You don't win just by comparing you know, a team's numbers to another team's numbers. You actually strap it up, go out between the lines, and play the game. And for that reason, you know, I think the Cougars might have some magic in them tonight. Before the Cougars face the Broncos, let's get to the three things you need to know. Number one. And this is a big one. Who will play quarterback not just for BYU, but for Boise State? Will Jaron Hall play after leaving the South Florida game with a concussion? If it's Baylor Romney, Baylor Romney will be making his first career start as a BYU Cougar. Now, Jaron took most of the reps as the week progressed. I think the team's still waiting on official word of passing concussion protocol. On the other side of things, Boise State quarterback Hank Bachmeyer suffered a hip pointer injury in the win versus Hawaii. Redshirt sophomore Chase Cord took over and will start if Bachmeyer can't go. Now, Cord has played even when Bachmeyer has as well when he was healthy. Obviously, it's the most important position on the field, and both teams right now, at least publicly, are not saying who the quarterback will be. Yeah, no question. Very good indicator. Whenever you're in concussion protocol and they let you practice by Wednesday, which was the case with Jaron Hall, there's a very good chance that, you get a, that you're get that you suiting up on Saturday, assuming that after that practice you don't experience other you know, other symptoms or kind of slide back. So I'm optimistic the fact that Jaron practiced this week. I'm optimistic that we'll see him too. With From Boise's quarterback situation, first of all, when I saw Bachmeyer go down, I was thinking, oh, okay, you know, yeah. it's going to give a little bit better shot for BYU in next week's game. But then Cord comes in, p- completes 80% of his balls, and throws for three touchdowns. The offense doesn't have to change with him. They are very similar players, and the offense can stay the same. It's a lot like what we were talking about when Zach Wilson went down 
and Jaron Hall came in that the offense can stay the same, so that at least helps with continuity. No question. I And I think, you know, the quarterback position is, is definitely the most visible one. I do, knowing Boise's philosophic uh, approach to their coaching staff and watching this BYU defense on film, I don't think it's going to matter much who the quarterback is going to be because Boise is going to come out with heavy doses of run, and we'll see if BYU is up to the challenge to stop it. We're going to be talking with Pete Cavender, the radio analyst for Boise State, coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. We'll see if there's any update on Bachmeyer and whether or not he will play for the Broncos. And then uh, head coach Kalani Satake will have his pregame conversation with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg will join us in about 45 minutes, and we'll see if there's any word on BYU's signal caller. Let's get to, to number two. And we talked about this being a rivalry game. BYU 2-7 and seven all-time versus Boise State, and they have lost three straight to the Broncos. Here's how the series breaks down. BYU 0-5 in Boise. We know that the Cougars have not won in Boise on the Smurf turf. Cougars 2-2 two and two here in Provo, and BYU lost last year 21-16 on the final play of the game when Zach Wilson was stopped short from the two-yard line. This is a game, this is an important series. The series was extended again. They were in the middle of a 12-game series. It was extended again into like 2035. They're going to be playing each other a lot, and BYU's not had a lot of success against the Broncos. No, and obviously you want to turn that around. It's good that tonight is in Provo. If you can get a winning record, you know, at 3-2, and two, well, it's not ideal. You're not going 5-0 and oh for 0-5, oh but 3-2 and two, uh, does very good. And then one of these years we'll figure out how to win up there on the blue turf. <laughs> you know, last year we stopped on a two-yard line. Back my senior year, we went for two and didn't get it and lost 7-6 to six on the last play of the game. There's just been some heartbreakers up on the on the blue turf. But if we can establish a winning record here in Provo, I think it will go a long way to perpetuating the validity of this Intermountain West rivalry. I realize this game is in Provo, so the, the blue turf has nothing to do with tonight's game. But as a player who has played on that turf, and, and it's gone through some, some different variations, it's not the same one that you played on, so there may be a different hue to it right now. What was it like to play on that? Was it somewhat... Uh, I mean, did it did it mess with you a little bit? So I played on it twice. One year, my freshman year at Utah State, which was a day game, and it was far more glaring than the other. When I say glare, I mean when you're on the field, it, you're almost getting reflective sunlight off than the normal green turf. And then when we went up, it was an evening game, uh, my year here at BYU, and of course, a rivalry game. Yep. Up until this, up until two weeks ago, that was the most attended game in Albertson Stadium. It had set the attendance record up there in Boise, and it was, the players were all blue, the sideline was all blue, the stadium was all blue, it was a blue out, and I would be lying if I did not say it was hard to keep track of the players in, a, in their alignment and movement in the thing. So it does play. I know it sounds a little bit like voodoo, but it does play. Not to a large degree, but it does. So anytime we can get them down here in Provo, yeah. I think that's better. Of the three things you need to know, this is number three. We've talked about this before, Riley. This is not a new topic of discussion. Finishing drives with touchdowns on offense and stopping the run on defense are the biggest keys for BYU tonight. San, I almost said San Francisco. I see USF and I immediately think of the Dons. My, uh, my basketball uh, pregame is kicking in right now. South Florida ran for over 240 yards. Most of that, by the way, came in the second half after only averaging 140 going into that game. BYU ranks 123rd in rush defense. Out of how many, Shep? It's 126, uh, right? Out of 130. Oh, 130. Yeah. Okay. So it's still not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boise State right now averages 167 yards per game on the ground. That's not crazy, but we've seen teams that, as, as we mentioned, 
South Florida had 140. They get 240. Last week at, at South Florida and throughout the season, the BYU offense has struggled to score touchdowns in the red zone. The Cougars ranked 126 in the nation in red zone TDs. BYU has nine touchdowns in 23 red zone appearances. And you will hear from head coach Kalani Sataki talking about this coming up in the next segment in Cougar Cuts. But those absolutely are the two keys for BYU. They've got to find ways to score more points, and that means scoring touchdowns. And on defense, you have to stop the run because right now, why would teams throw? All they have to do is hand the ball off because they're having success. From the first, since football was invented, there have been two, the, the first two objectives for every team that's ever hoped to have success are establish the run and stop the run. Yep. It's it, So that that is priority number one. And second, yes, you're right. They have to finish drives. They also have to finish quarters, halves, and games. Last time... BYU was able to beat B was able to beat Boise was here in Provo it was on the last play of the game on a hail mary caught by our own Mitchell Jurgens and so Starman so not finishing drives hopefully will lead to and give experience to finishing the game because if the Cougars are going to come away with a victory tonight it will be a hard fought close victory that will come down to the final moments of the game all right I just teased it a second ago count up you're going to hear from head coach Kalani Sataki as well as Bracken Obakri and Chaz Ayu in Cougar cuts this is Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. BYU back in action tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is homecoming for the BYU Cougars, hosting the 14th-ranked Boise State Broncos, and it's time for Cougar Cuts. And we were just talking about this. Last week at South Florida was uh, another example of an opposing team choosing to run the ball against the Cougars and finding success. Head coach Kalani Satake was asked about the factors that are playing into the defensive struggle stopping the run, and he said it's all about getting the players in the right position to have success. I'm not going to blame our players, though. If they if they give, be honest with you, you normally as a coach, if they give you the effort and they're tough, then we should put them in a position to, to at least um, handle the run consistently. And that's, that's what we're going to try to get done. So, Riley, when coach talks about putting them in the right position, is, is that is that schematically or is it is it uh, teaching better execution of the, of the scheme that's in place? How do you interpret that? Uh, I... I had an interesting conversation with a former teammate of mine. He was a uh, he was a defensive player here at BYU that many Cougar fans would remember. Very uh, had a very successful career here, and he said he wasn't sure where it was between uh, you know, the coaches not coaching or the players not executing correctly. But he did say even just down to pre-snap alignment, guys were not. For example, you have a help safety, and he was. Like, you either got to be in the box or out of the box. And he was telling me how we just got caught in no man's land so many times. So, to me, six games into the season, there's ample opportunity for that to get corrected if it's a player mistake. So, if I tend to think that it's a coaching responsibility to make sure that those guys are dialed in, come up with the absolute most effective strategy, and, and then as... Kalani alluded to in that comment he said they're playing hard and he likes their effort now you just got to guide that effort in a better more effective direction beyond the issue stopping the run on defense the offense has struggled to score touchdowns this season and Kalani said it's something that has to change I look forward to scoring more points we're not scoring enough points to to get the wins that we need and then and we're getting on into the red zone but we're not punching it in that's 
it's always dangerous when you're kicking field goals or attempting to kick field goals rather than score touchdowns. And that's, we got to get points on the board. I'm almost going to ask you verbatim what I asked you before. So is that, is that a scheme issue or is it an execution issue? Because you clearly are moving the ball. Things are working to a certain point, and then they stall a little bit. Yeah, I, so offensive, I can speak to I don't have to rely on the expertise <laughs> of others. I can speak to it a little bit myself. And there were times I, I was on teams that we did struggle at times, but not for in the red zone, but not for long because – I, I learned early on in football, I had a very uh, good high school coach and was around a lot of coaches, but in the red zone, it's absolutely imperative that you are able to identify what you do the best, what you are the most effective at, what can you execute at the most highly. And so from a scheme perspective and then to a personnel perspective, how can we get our best, most productive players in the right matchups and the right situations to be productive down there? So to me, it's all, I don't, there haven't been many blunders. We haven't, we don't have many as you look at the nine for 23 it's not like we've turned the ball over six or seven times um it's to to me it's identifying those players and plays that are going to get us into the end zone because i think the rest of the the uh formula is there as has already been discussed byu has not fared well against the broncos historically cougars just two and two against the broncos in provo and while Chaz ayu is aware of that he knows how big this game is and doesn't mind saying that he has a long-standing disdain for the Broncos. Me personally, I have a lot of hard feelings towards towards Boise State, and that's been since ever ever since I was a little kid when they beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl on those little trick plays. And my my uncle CJ Ayu was playing for Oklahoma, and so ever since then, you know, I've kind of had hard feelings for Boise State. But as far as it goes for BYU, it's a deep game for us. You know, it's a game that we haven't been able to win very consistently in the past. And so as far as this game coming up, it's, it's a big deal to all of us, especially with our record right now. You know, we don't want to go into next week two and five. Right now we should be four and two with uh, the teams that we've been playing. And so for this game to play against the 13, number 13, number 14 team in the nation, you know, it's a big deal for sure. I love that answer because it's not the, it's just our next opponent. We're just, it's acknowledging the largeness of the game and that it is a rival and that BYU is not happy with the way they've played. I loved that answer from Chaz Ayu. So do I. And listen, I, we speculation is to conference realignment. You know, the TV deals up in 2023 or 2024, and pretty much everybody's expecting another shift in the college landscape. And when that happens, whether they go from P5 to, four, you know, four 16-team power conferences or just the the existing ones want to expand as far as the west of the mississippi is concerned boise state is the gold standard they're the one in g5 that is first in line for an invite into the p5 conferences now i know you might talk about market tv markets and things like that but when it comes to quality of football and the excellence of the program boise is the gold standard byu is close behind them but when you're two and seven uh, lifetime record against boise state it's hard to say that you're in front of them in line so this is a big rivalry game for not just the fact that you want to avenge last year's loss where you felt like you had it and fell two yards short, but also over the long term, establishing yourself as a gold standard G5, especially west of the Mississippi. The, only, the, the, the road to get there is through Boise State. Yeah, this is a, a big opportunity, not just to turn things around from a win-loss perspective, but to gain some attention on beating another ranked team in Provo. You've already done it when you beat USC, and now you have an opportunity to do it again against a team ranked even higher. And you can debate whether or not you think Boise State's the 14th best team in the country. They come in with that record, so if you beat the 14th best team in the country, then you're going to raise some eyebrows. No question you are. And look, anytime you beat Boise, 
you you look up their historical seasons record. There are not many piled up in that in right. that loss column. And on a season by season basis, it's mostly two, sometimes three. They're like they don't even flirt with five hundred. So anytime you can be it, get notch a, a W in your column and an L in Boise's column, you are in select. Uh, company and it will garner attention. When a team goes through a losing streak, there's certainly opportunities to start pointing fingers at players and coaches. That's not the case with this team. And if there's any question how Kalani's players feel about him, defensive lineman Bracken L. Bakery has a message for you. And for any of you fans out there or anybody who doesn't aren't sure how we feel about him, that's why we love Kalani. I wouldn't want to play for anyone else. After I've kind of learned how he treats us, how he cares about us, how he'll take the brunt of anything coming, but anything good that's coming our way, he just he points it straight at us. You know, that's how a loving father should act. That's how a, a great coach acts. I think that it motivates me. I want to play for him. I don't like, you know, if I were to ever hear anything or anybody say anything about Kalani, it makes me really angry because I feel a great loyalty to him because of that aspect of how he treats us. This was the most serious I've ever heard Bracken talk. I mean, he's a really funny guy and real jovial and can be silly, and, and we love him for it. That was the most serious I've ever seen him, and you could tell how passionate he was about what he was saying. Most definitely, Shep, and, um, and I love the passion coming from him, and I, and I like the sentiment of what he was saying. However, I will say this, and I, draw an analogy. Look, I've only been married for seven years, so I know many of our listeners you know, have a lot more experience than me, including you sitting right here by my side. But what matters far more to my wife is, than me telling her how much I love her or how loyal I am to her is showing her. So Ooh. the best way that if the sentiment, and I, tr- and I believe it is, if the sentiment coming from Bracken is how this team feels, they need to find a way to step up their play and produce wins on the field. That is going to be the best display. And doing their coach that they love and have so much loyalty for, that will be the best way to support him more than any other you know comments or words might be. Could not say it better myself. My one-on-one with Chad. As are you coming up a little bit later on in Shep Talk? But next, we get to know the foe with Broncos radio analyst Pete Cavender. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. We are broadcasting live from Cougar Canyon, just west of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is certainly football weather. We have overcast skies, little bit of drizzle, the cool temps, the uh, the breeze is coming in, dropping the uh, the temperature even more. This is this is what you expect when you talk about college football in the Intermountain region in October. But we uh, we don't want it any other way. This is this is football weather. And we've got a good one tonight. BYU and 14th ranked Boise State. It's time to get ready to know the foe. Joined by radio analyst for Boise State, Pete Cavender. Pete, thanks for taking a few minutes. Uh, yeah, you pleasure. lucked out. You're upstairs uh, in the broadcast booth. Yeah, I mean, it is lucking out right now. I'm looking at it, just a little bit of precipitation coming down. But uh, hopefully this field turns out nice. I was actually able to walk out on the grass here in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I was very impressed. It's kind of like a putting green surface. I'm sure you guys already know that. Uh, so hopefully it holds up well if it rains hard. Well, let's get right to it. I mean, this is a question for both teams. Uh, the biggest question around Boise State right now is at the quarterback position. What do we know in terms of who will take snaps tonight for the Broncos? And if it is Chase Cord, how does the offense change or does it? Well, uh, you know, we, as we all know, Hank Bachmeyer we saw go out last week when Boise played Hawaii. 
Uh, and Chase Court and Jalen Henderson both had to come in, but you look at Chase Court and Jalen Henderson both performed really well. Cord uh, was 12 for 18 passing, 175 yards, three touchdowns, only took one sack, and then Jalen Henderson was six for 10 for 82 yards and one touchdown. What was promising for me being a Bronco fan is that Boise State's offense really didn't miss a beat with those guys. Usually when you see a quarterback go down, the offensive game plan, uh, plays that call seem to change a little bit, but Boise State kind of kept their foot uh, down on the pedal to the metal and, and kept things rolling. So um, I do know that Tank Bachmeyer did practice in full pads earlier this week. I'm not sure if he was full go. Boise State kind of closes down media for most parts of practice. And Chase Corden, Jalen Henderson, have done a great job of really staying their heads in the game uh, because that's the last thing you want to do, right? When you're the backup, it's kind of easy to get a little lackadaisical and just kind of do enough to get by. But the last thing you want to do is when the starter goes out is you to go out in front of the eyes of ESPN and get embarrassed and with all those eyes watching you. So I think Chase Court and Jalen Henderson are very serviceable, and if either one of those two guys have to play or if both of them have to play, um, I think Boise State's offense will remain Boise State's offense. Pete, the quarterback's garner a lot of attention because it's probably the most visible position in all of sports, but if I'm an offensive coordinator preparing for this BYU team and BYU defense, I, I don't know that it matters much who my quarterback is because I'm going to run. I'm going to start the game off running, I'm going to fill the middle of the game with rushes, and I'm going to finish off trying to rush. So um, while there hasn't seemed to be uh, – Boise State on a pretty balanced team, but you got a couple backs averaging over five yards per carry – and uh, they rush it just enough. Do you get the sense that they're going to rely, with the questions at quarterback, rely heavily on the run game tonight? Well, I think the weather will dictate a little bit part of that too. But uh, one thing I have liked to see out of Boise State is, you know, traditionally they've had some bell cow type of tailbacks. You look at Alexander Madison, who left early last year as just a junior, but was a third-round draft pick. You look at guys like Doug Martin, J.J. Boise State typically has one tailback that carries the bulk of the load for the offense when it comes to running. But you look at Boise State this year, it's more of a three-headed monster, similar to like BYU has this season now with the injury to your guys' tailback. So you see Robert Mahone, as you said, averages five yards a pop. Uh, but my favorite tailback for the Broncos is number 24, George Halani. He's a true freshman, and he just kind of has that, that it factor. And it's hard to say what is it, but he just kind of makes those simple plays that should be a four or five-yard gain and has the ability to pop it for a home run. Uh, but, you know, you look at BYU's defense, statistically, they line up similar to what UNLV had and Hawaii had, and that's Boise State's last two opponents. And we all thought, okay, this is the game where the running game uh, gets going a little bit, and it just hasn't necessarily been that part. But, uh, you know, give credit to Coach Harson, the Boise State head coach. He hasn't forced the issue. And if your strength isn't running the football, don't force feed it. Try to force it to happen. Uh, you know, Boise State, when you look at their offense, have plenty of playmakers between Hightower, uh, Thomas, uh, Octavius Evans, John Bates, the big tight end, uh, Khalil Shakir. Uh, so if their strength is passing the football, that's who they're going to remain to be and uh, play to their strengths tonight. Pete Cavender joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. He's the radio analyst for the Boise State Broncos. Boise lost so many playmakers from last year, yet they have not missed a beat. Has this season thus far been a surprise to those around the program? You know, it really has been. You know, obviously going to Florida, as you guys know, you guys play South Florida. That alone is, is a tough trip. And so Boise State, with all the you know influx of are we playing in Jacksonville, are we playing in Tallahassee, and not really know what's going on, to start off the season with a bang be beating Florida State, uh, that was a huge, I think, boost to Boise State that uh, kind of gave the team confidence that they can line up really against anyone and give them their best shot and possibly come out. Uh, with the win. So I think a lot of fans, especially with the youth on the offensive side of the ball, are pleasantly surprised to see that the Broncos are sitting now undefeated, uh, ranked 13th in one poll, 14th in the other. Uh, but again, 
no room for error. You know, there's no doubt Boise State won't shy away from it. Their goal on top of their pyramid is making those New Year's Six Bowl games. This year would be the Cotton Bowl. And when you have a schedule like the Mountain West team does uh, that the Broncos are part of, there's really no room for error. And even though this is a non-conference game, I think this is a must-win for Boise State uh, if they want to continue on the path towards that Cotton Bowl because uh, the last thing you want to do is getting a kind of a bid war, a bunch of one-loss G5s and who has the best resume. So uh, Boise State would love nothing more than to leave no doubt and end the season undefeated. Pete, Curtis Weber recently passed BYU alum Jan Jorgensen as the all-time sack leader in the Mountain West Conference. Jan, someone who's remembered by BYU fans as being a tenacious pass rusher and had so many timely and good sacks. Can you talk about Curtis Weaver's career to be able to amass that amount of sacks to become the all-time leader in the conference and then also his impact that he might have on the game tonight? Well, well Curtis Weaver is just simply well, a stud. Uh, and when you saw him come to Boise State, he was actually a little bit pudgy. He came in as a 300-pound defensive tackle and now weighs about 265 pounds and has really used his speed to his advantage. And what impresses me the most with Curtis Weaver is he's got a whole arsenal of moves. You see an offensive lineman has him locked down. He has a second move, a third move that can beat that offensive lineman. But what really impresses me is his ability to really round that edge. He's got great hips, low center of gravity, the tenacity to get after the quarterback. And you look what he's done just this season, nine sacks alone. I mean, that's almost double what BYU has for their defense in entirety, which is five sacks. And so he's been a blessing for Boise State's defense, but uh, he'll be the first to admit that he cannot get the numbers that he's been getting statistically if it wasn't for the other defensive linemen like David Moa, Sonatani Louie, Chase Tatata, Scaly Gahan's another one. Uh, if Boise State has two strengths to their team, it might be a toss-up between the wide receivers and the defensive line. This front four for the Broncos is as good as it's ever been. This defense overall... Uh, is giving up 327 yards per game, just 19 points. When you looked at this defense coming into the year, what did you think was possible with the playmakers that you mentioned and, and the scheme that Boise runs? I mean, how legit did you expect this defense to be coming into this season? Well, every year it seems like Boise State is done you know, solid on the defensive side of the ball. And when you think Boise State, just from the average fan standpoint, you think of offense, a lot of points on the board. But it's been the defense, really, that's carried the flag for Boise State for quite some while. And, you know, you look at uh, the other defensive players. you got Avery Williams, who's very dynamic, not just playing cornerback, but a punt returner, too. you got DeAndre Pierce, who's got tons of experience, along with Kakoa Namahine. Uh, you got Jalen Walker on the other defensive backside, uh, who's a very, uh, you know, athletically gifted type of player and that's just one thing that Boise State's done a really good job of finding those guys developing them and have them fit their system uh, you know when you watch Boise State's defense it's not going to be a lot of guys out of position or anything like that you get all 11 guys doing their unique job and then uh, when they can just hustle the football and try to get as many hats to, to the ball so uh, really even though they've had a maybe better season than maybe some projected it's no surprise that Boise State's defense has been dominant Pete, I think we're all expecting a pretty good one tonight. This one should be fun. Weather, it appears, is going to play somewhat of a role tonight. We'll see just how much. Thank you so much for your time. We'll let you get to your broadcast. Thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by and have a good call tonight. Hey, guys, my pleasure. It's always uh, fun between these two teams, so I expect nothing different tonight. There we go. Appreciate it. There we go. Pete Cavender, radio analyst for the Boise State Broncos. Up next, I go one-on-one -on -one with sophomore linebacker Chaz Ayu in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU and number 14, Boise State, coming your way from Lavelle Edwards Stadium a little bit later on. Welcome back in to Cougar Pregame Live, broadcasting live from Cougar Canyon outside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The rain definitely coming down, uh, expecting the rain to tail off as the game goes on, but right now, uh, certainly something everybody's paying attention to. This week's Shep Talk is with safety-turned-linebacker Chaz Ayu. Chaz was a highly talented recruit coming out of high school, and after returning from his mission during last season, Chaz has played a big role for the BYU defense, especially with the loss of Zane Anderson. I talked with Chaz this week and asked him how the team is handling the frustration of three losses in a row. Um, you know, we're handling it like men. You know, we're just going to take it. I mean, there's nothing else we can do about it. And so, you know, we're just trying to, at this point, just channel those emotions and everything and use it in a positive way, um, in a way to get better. And so I feel like this week, you know, it's going to be a very intense week. Um, and it's a week that we need. We need to be more intense, and I feel like it'll show this weekend. Is that how you personally handle it, like just kind of focus it on getting better? Is that how you handle frustration? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, that, that's something that for me personally, I feel like that determines if you're a winner or a loser is how you handle the emotions when you're down. And so for me personally, I'm trying to channel that and make it into something that's productive and, and useful for me. Obviously, everybody wants to talk about the rush defense and how teams are running against you how personal do you guys take that right now um you know I don't think in the past weeks we've taken that super personal but it's definitely something that you know my dad has he's kind of taught me this my whole life is to take it personal you know every yard that they get in on you is a yard better that they are and so for me personally every yard that they get on me you know I take that like all right so they think they're better than me you know it gets me pissed off a little bit so I think if we can just use that as a whole defense and take pride in how many yards we give up, you know, that'll just, it'll just up our game and make us more stout. And I heard you say earlier you thought maybe you guys just overall have been a little soft against the run. What is the common denominator? What are the similarities that you're seeing when these teams have success on the ground? Is there, is there something that you're seeing week in and week out that's, that's similar that's happening every game? You know, it's kind of hard because you don't want to single out your position group or another position group. But I would say... The, common, the commonality in it is just wanting it more. You know, when you, a team runs down on you like that, it's just who wants it more. It's who wants to stop more, who wants to run more. And as far as the defense, I feel like we haven't taken that personal enough. You know, we haven't wanted it more than the offense has. And so I feel like this week we really need to take pride in practice and coming down in hard and not letting our scout team get any offense, offensive yards on us. Players a lot of times don't want to focus on themselves individually because it's all about the team. And I know especially coming off a loss, it's hard to talk about something positive on an individual standpoint. But you've obviously been able to come up with some turnovers the last couple of games. How pleased are you with the ability to be able to kind of force some of those and be able to help the team out that way? Um, you know, it's always a good thing when you're providing the offense opportunities to score. Um, any, the more opportunities you give them, you know, the higher the chances should be of getting points out of it. But as far as me being able to make those plays, you know, I feel like I've I've worked for it and done a lot of extra homework in earning those plays and making those plays. So I'm pretty, it's pretty pleasing to know that I'm doing the right thing. From a personal standpoint, how, how do you think you have played so far this year? Um, you know, as far as how I want to be playing, I feel like I haven't been making enough plays. I've been making plays that, you know, count and plays that I'm expected to make. But I need to be more productive in making, you know, those big-time plays or um, 
even those simple plays that, uh, you know, just like a bounce back run or something like that. I need to be more, more stout in that way. You guys have a great opportunity this week. Despite losing three in a row, you guys now have an opportunity to kind of change the narrative, having a ranked team come in on your field. How excited are you guys for this opportunity to prove yourselves against a ranked team? You know, we're very happy and very excited for this opportunity. Anytime you get to play against a ranked opponent, you know, it changes the whole atmosphere and the way that you attack the game. And so as far as a team, we really need this, this game this week because you know, we need something to bounce back from. And if we can come back with a W this weekend, it will, I think it will be very, uh, I don't know, very positive in the direction that we're going. As we're doing this interview right now, we don't officially know who the quarterback is going to be at Boise State. Does it matter to you guys? Because I assume it, it's really kind of focusing on what you guys do regardless of who's going to be the quarterback. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter to us. You know, the quarterback is always expected to do the same thing, be productive and score points. And so whoever's that quarterback for us this week is we're going to have all the faith in them that they can lead our team to a W. You had a, uh, a funny story. You were asked about the rivalry with, with Boise State and, and how your thoughts on them. And you had a, had a great story with family that have, have dealt with Boise State in the past. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so you, you kind of have a, a different view of this rivalry against the, the Broncos. Oh, yeah. It runs deep in our family, you know. I've hated Boise State for a long time. And so for this, this game is a very personal game for me and my family. Um, just with the, the salty feelings that we've had in the past from losing to him. And with your, your uncle, Oklahoma, uh, with, the, uh, with the trick plays and whatnot, um, everybody remembers that game. Uh, you may not necessarily be a huge college football fan, but I think most people will remember that Oklahoma-Boise State game for the way that it ended. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, the way that they came back in, you know, the, I don't know, what's that play called? The little behind-the-back hand The Statue of Liberty? The Statue of Liberty. Yeah. That's, you know, I feel like that's the first time that play really got that publicity like that. And so that one sunk deep. You know, I was on the front row in the stands on that game, and I remember like it was yesterday. So You guys now have an opportunity to come back home. It's, it's the fall temps. It's going to be cooler. The lights will be on, ESPN. What kind of atmosphere do you expect? Um, you know, just with the, you know, I would say the trend of BYU and us losing right now, you know, I'm not expecting to have the stands filled up or anything like that. I'm not expecting, you know, a whole bunch of people at the pregame walkthrough or anything like that. You know, it's really going to be a personal, personal game for us. You know, it's going to be us against them. And, you know, we're not really too concerned about, you know, the fans and the atmosphere like that at this point. We're just trying to get us back on the track that we need to be. All right, let's wrap things up with the final four questions. These are the personality questions. We're done with the football stuff. All right, we're going to leave the football stuff aside. So the first question is, who was your favorite athlete growing up? My favorite athlete growing up? I would say Sean Taylor for sure. I used to always watch his highlights, you know when I'm sitting in class or something, get to go to the computer lab in elementary school. I was always watching YouTube highlights and stuff like that. So that's for sure my guy right there. It's crazy to think that he's been gone for almost a decade, I think. It's great. What a phenomenal player in his day. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He's one of the best to ever do it. The second question is, and I know you guys go to theaters as a team. So my question is, what was the last movie you saw in a theater? Whether it was with the team or by yourself? With the team or by myself? The one, we watched one this weekend, I can't remember what it was, but the one, Scary Stories in the Dark, that you tell in the dark, we went and watched that one. But every movie ends up being a comedy with the team. They just start making jokes and stuff, and, you know, if there's a character that looks like somebody on the team, we try to just make jokes about it the whole time. So was it as bad as 47 meters down? Because Emmanuel Supa was saying, or excuse me, it was Micah Simon that told me that that movie was so bad, the only way you guys could get through it was just to make fun of every bit of it. Was it that bad? Um, it wasn't as bad as 47 meters. You know, when you start cheering for the Sharks in 47 meters, that's how you know it's pretty bad. <laughs> okay, you get an opportunity to go anywhere you want on vacation. Where are you going? That's a good question. 
Me personally, I'd probably want to go somewhere out of the country. I'd want to go to like somewhere islandy, like Fiji or something. You know, or one of those. I don't know. There's like these pictures on Twitter that you see of these island oasis and stuff like that. Just these little getaway spots. I'd like to go somewhere like that. All right, Chaz. Last question. What does it mean to you to wear the Y? Um, it means a lot. It has a lot of deep meaning to me because I've had a lot of family that's played here, and so every time I put on the Y, you know, I'm representing the people that came before me and the people that are going to come after me. That's when it comes down to it, it's just family. The Y means family to me. Jazz, thank you for taking the time, and good luck against the Broncos. This is going to be a fun one. Appreciate it. All right, that was sophomore linebacker Chaz Ayu. Appreciate him taking a few minutes and a really good conversation. And, man, Riley, what a fantastic football player coming off some getting some turnovers. Um, th this is a guy that's going to be playing really good football for BYU for a while. I loved his attitude. I loved his comments I, as he's becoming an emerging player and continues to make more more plays on the field. I think the future is bright for him. I, I like his attitude of never being satisfied. I hope that he can turn that personal kind of point of view that he has and approach to the game and make it contagious within the locker room and within his defense and that it permeates throughout the whole team because if they can adopt that kind of chip-on-your-shoulder attitude, um, I think the you know good things are ahead. We'll visit with The Voice, Greg Grubel, coming up in about 10 minutes. But next, we'll get our weekly QB read with Riley. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. The Cougars and Broncos kicking off from Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight. 8.15 Mountain Time is expected kick here in Provo. Before we continue on with Cougar Pregame Live, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Radio, 107.9 FM KUMT Randolph and KBYU FM HD2 Provo. Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson with you from Provo, getting you ready for the Cougars and Broncos. And beating Boise State has not been an easy task for BYU, as we've discussed, and that's been regardless of where the game has been played or where each team was positioned at the time they met. For tonight's QB Read with Riley, my guy Riley has a recipe for success for the Cougars against the Broncos. Thanks, Jason. This is a recipe that, uh, to be quite honest, is uh, one that's been tried many times but has turned out successfully uh, very few times by any of Boise State's opponents since they became uh, Division One football players. Or sorry, since they became a Division One FBS football program, the number of losses on their home field totals in the single digits, which I found to be an amazing stat, which the first key to the recipe is something we have tonight, which is play Boise State somewhere other than Boise, whether it's the blue turf, whether it's those crazy uh, potato heads up there in Idaho uh, that, uh, you know, cause all sorts of problems for your offensive line and your communication by being really loud. Uh, the first... The first ingredient for the recipe for beating Boise is to play them somewhere other than Boise. And the second is to win the mistake battle. I played against Boise in 2012, and it was a hard-fought game. We lost 7-6, to six, went for two on the final play of the game, and were, and were unsuccessful. But in that game, any potential, the difference in that game as I look back on it, was any potential um, mistake that was made, even whether it was... 
first of all, we lost a turnover battle, two to nothing. Second of all, there was uh, other opportunities in, in the red zone taking stacks, which pushed us a little bit further back, and we missed a couple of field goals attempts and all those things. You have to win the mistake battle because they are relentless. And so that's not just turnovers. While that's the most o obvious one, it's also penalties. And then, as I mentioned, capitalizing, not just capitalizing on plays that are made, but also making plays that are unmade in other words don't drop interceptions if a ball if they put a ball on the ground you have to come up with it if they bust a coverage you have to be able to see that guy and find it the margin for error against Boise State teams because they've been so consistent such consistent performers so consistently well coached and execute game plans so consistently the margin for error is so thin that it puts a lot of pressure on you but I again I am optimistic BYU is up to the challenge and then second or sorry, thirdly and lastly, the final ingredient is uh, you must finish and not flinch. Uh, it is very, very rare. I was actually at a game my brother participated in where Boise State coughed the ball up six times and Utah State was able to beat Boise by double digits, but that is rarefied air. Most of the teams who are able to have this successful recipe against Boise our, it comes down to the final play, the final moments. BYU's coming off back-to-back -back games where they gave up leads going into the fourth quarter and ended up losing. They have to reverse that trend tonight uh, if they if they want any chance at being successful. Boise, because of their, their consistency, pushes you to the brink. You have to finish drives. You have to finish quarters. You have to finish halves. And you have to finish the game. This game for BYU to be successful will come down to plays made or plays not made in the first quarter. If BYU can mix all those ingredients, the fact that it's here in Provo, if they can be good in the mistake battle, capitalize, reduce turnovers, penalties, field position, all those things, and then if they can finish the game and not flinch, if they can force Boise to be the one who feels the pressure, presses, and makes a mistake, then this recipe for success will come out uh, in favor of the Cougars. You know, Riley, as dumb as it sounds, I, I think one of the major things, I think BYU has to believe they can beat them. I think from a mental standpoint, despite the three-game losing streak, I think they need to go in with the mentality that they went into after the Tennessee win, when they had USC and everyone was like, USC's riding high, and there's no chance BYU. They believed they could beat the Trojans, and then they went out and did it. I think from a mental standpoint, I think that's going to be big tonight. No question. And if I, you know, I get the opportunity to do some film study, and as I prep for the broadcast and prep for the games, I it takes me back to my time as a player. And if I were playing in tonight's game and objective, uh, objectively evaluating Boise State, you give them credit. You know, I look the the ranking. First of all, that that doesn't matter much, but I think it has more to do with uh, the historical credence that, that Boise State has built up more than the actual merits of this team. This is a good football team, don't get me wrong, but they are not in the same level, uh, they are not in the same strata as the Chris Peterson, Kellen Moore era. Those teams were teams filled with NFL talent. They were teams that were going undefeated or, or, or one-loss teams, beating P5. These guys went down and, and Florida, they do have a good win against Florida State in Tallahassee, but as you, if you're objectively looking at that game, I I think the case can be made that Florida State gave up uh, that game rather than Boise winning it so much. But again, but that's the, that's the thing. You have to believe that you can outlast them. Using that Florida State game, it wasn't that Boise did anything uh, magnificent. It was that Florida State, you know, gave the, uh, gave the game away, and Boise was able to capitalize. But belief is a huge element because there does come a, a little bit of an aura with Boise State. But this is not don't. 
I put no weight into that aura because you have to evaluate each team on their own merits. And then not only that, you have to bring it down to tonight when the ball kicks off at 8.15. You know, play, play in, play out. How are you going to find a way to beat them? Coming up next, we will visit with the voice. Greg Rubel joins Cougar Pregame Live next. It's coming up right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coming up a little bit later on, Mitchell Jurgens will join me. We'll get his view from the sidelines, which based off of the weather, just got a lot wetter for the evening. Uh, you also hear from Bronco head coach Brian Harson. Hear from him coming up. But right now, it's time to visit with the voice, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joining us now on Cougar pregame live. And, and Greg, with the weather, this is a great night to be in the broadcast booth. Sheets of rain right now <laughs> yes. is the best way to describe it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Look, the, the big question that everybody wants to know is who's going to be BYU's starting quarterback. Do we have an answer to that question yet? Yes, uh, Kalani has uh, told us that Jaron Hall will not be available tonight and that uh, Baylor Romney will be getting the start for BYU. What do you think that does for the BYU offense? I thought Baylor actually looked pretty good in, put in the situation he was. I thought Baylor did a really nice job moving the team down the field. Obviously, they weren't able to, to get any points. But how do you think this changes what the offense looks like? Well, uh, and, and kudos to Ralph for, for digging this one up. But just to give you an idea of the kind of difference Jaron Hall makes to your team, Taysom Hill was the last guy to convert third, uh, three, make it convert five, rushing third downs in one game before Jaron Hall did it at South Florida last week. Taysom did it, did it in, in, uh, in 2013 at Houston in that crazy game uh, that kind of added to his legend that day. So that's who Jaron Hall is. He's a playmaker. He moved the sticks five times on his own last week with third down runs. Um, and he was having a good day. I, I, let's, let's not forget, when, when Jaron Hall left the game against South Florida, BYU was leading that game. Okay. He was in line to make it five straight wins for freshman quarterbacks making their first starts at BYU, five in a row. He goes out. Uh, let's not. Also, the way that game went, Jake Oldroyd misses a field goal right after Jaron Hall goes out. Had that game been only uh, a two-point game, or rather uh, had it been a one-point game, not a four-point game late, you know, BYU could win it with a field goal. That was They needed a touchdown, and, and Baylor wasn't able to get BYU into the end zone on either of those two late fourth-quarter drives, both of which got to the red zone. And I don't think it's Pollyanna thinking to, to surmise that had Jaron Hall not left the game, had he stayed healthy, BYU would have found a way to win that game. We'll never know, but that's my belief, is that he was good enough. Again, BYU was leading when he went out. Uh, and, and, and had he been able to play a full, a full 60, BYU could be sitting here as a 3-3 three and three team today, not a 2-4 and four team. So that said, long... A you know, short answer to to the question is that you know Jaron Hall makes you a better team, and and Baylor Romney's got some of Jaron's attributes, and Kalani will speak about them in our pregame interview. But he's not Jaron Hall. Jaron, I thought I thought was was having a good, really good first start actually, and uh, and, and could have helped BYU to a win had he not gotten uh, gotten injured. Greg, Jaron was made up only part of the casualties for BYU last week. We saw Thomas Schof get helped off the field twice. Keanu Saliapaga left the game. Can you update us yeah. on what the offensive line looks like tonight? So Thomas Schof is done for the year. Um, not done for the year, but injured and not available tonight are Keanu Saliapaga, Tristan Hodge, and Kiefer Longson. It's a lot of depth. 
and and in Jeff Grimes' first year, year and a bit really into this year, O line was healthy, really consistent. I mean that 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 that, that was a that was an every game group that came out there last year. Not the case this year. So much so that Harris Lachance, who actually got a little ding last week too, uh, may not be able be available to start tonight. And so you're 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 expecting, or we're expecting to see a line that will go Christensen, Barrington, Empey, Herring, Blake Freeland left to right. The question was either Lachance or Freeland at right tackle, and Kalani says he expects to see Blake Freeland starting at right tackle. And, and, and you'll, you'll notice, because he's a 6'8", dude. Blake Freeland is a big fella, but he's young, and he's not as big as he's going to get. So you're talking about taking on a Boise State team that is as aggressive as they come, 44 tackles for loss on the year, uh, playing a BYU team with a relatively green right side of the line. With, uh, with, 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 and I shouldn't say green, because Barrington's gone to the left side, but you've got Barrington and, and Freeland as, as a couple of starters where they weren't a couple of weeks ago. Well, and on the other side of the football for BYU, and you just tweeted this information out, there's going to be some shifting around of players on the defensive side, plus a very talented player who we have yet to see this year maybe making his debut. And that would be uh, Troy Warner. Right, the debut. Uh, Troy Warner is uh, getting close, and and I thought, you know, I I told you know Kalani I said he's on the board. You know, he said, yeah, I, I think he'll play tonight. So he's projected to see some time tonight, and yet not play the rest of the way. They want to keep him in that four-game window and and have him get another yeah. year out of it. Uh, Chris Wilcox is in the same boat, but will not be. He's still a few weeks away, but I think similar deal with Chris. Get him back, play him four games. Uh, Diango Moloku moves from corner to safety. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Bo Tanner, who had been playing safety, plays some corner now. So basically it's a switch. Um, now whether Tanner will start, it'll be Heron, Mandel, or Tanner. Those three guys start the two corner positions. And then I'd expect to see Lee and Gonwoloku now playing safety. So some things are happening. Things are changing up, switching around. Uh, uh, you know, How much we'll notice tactically uh, beyond that remains to be seen. I think we'll see a little more of Devin Kafusi as a true D-end and not a hybrid linebacker kind of thing. Um, and let's see, you know, if, if, if BYU looks any different in addition to the changes we've talked about personnel-wise. Greg, you mentioned Diane. He missed, he sat out last game, from what I understand, yep. if you can confirm. I think he tweaked something in warm-ups, but he's okay. Yeah, yeah. So so last week he was out uh, with a tender hamstring, but he's been back all week. And the only difference there is Diane goes from corner to safety, so he's at a different spot in the field. Also, uh, someone else I added to my board this week uh, who was probably in line for a red shirt but may see some time at corner depth is George Udo. And, uh, and George Udo is out of uh, Antioch, California. I, I, I was impressed by him in camp. I thought he really looked the part for a true freshman. Uh, looked very solid. And he's now getting closer to activity, I think. And so don't be surprised if number seven, uh, George Udo, gets on the field at some point. Uh, but Shaman Willis is still in that mix at corner as well, in addition to uh, uh, Tanner and Mandel and Heron. Greg, thank you so much for the information. Lots to absorb. And... Uh this weather, I'm, I'm curious what this weather is going to do. I, th I think we thought there may be some rain. I don't know if we thought th to this level. Uh, again, it still looks like it's supposed to taper off as it goes on, but certainly something to pay attention to tonight. Yeah, and, you know, Kalani said, hey, we're both, we're both playing in it, but, you know, it's the age-old question. Right. You know, which team is affected most, and, 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 and does, uh, does, does the ranked team that's pumping into all these touchdowns see a bit of a drop-off, and does it uh, maybe, maybe minimize the disparity between Boise and BYU tonight? To, uh, we will soon see. The countdown clock shows 63 minutes right now, and this doesn't look like, look like a 63-minute gathering in the stands, but I think, <laughs> but I really do think a lot of folks are just staying dry right now. They're, they're just going to stay as dry as they can for as long as they can and then come on out as we get closer to game time here tonight. I, li I like the way you're thinking. Greg, yeah. thank you so much. Riley will let you go as well. Great stuff as always. We'll hear both of you coming up.
Thanks, Shep. You bet. After a quick break, our weekly view from the sideline with Mitchell Jurgens. Cougar pregame live continues right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the MoBetta's broadcast booth here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Jason Shepard with you, getting you ready for BYU and the 14th-ranked Boise State Broncos. I'm now joined by former Cougar receiver, current sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens, who, you know, he had a, 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 a good catch, I would say, against Boise State. I don't know how far we want to take this, but, uh, I mean, he is known as Starman because of his catch against Boise State. First of all, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming up to the broadcast booth. We've moved upstairs because of the weather. Uh, we're going to let you stay dry for just a few minutes, and then we're going to send you out into the elements. So uh, have a have a joyous evening. Hey, I, I appreciate the you know <laughs> the gesture to bring me up here for you know as long as we can. I'm gonna I'm gonna join you know Greg's comments, and you know the fans are trying to stay dry as, lo as long as they can, and. I'm going to do that, too, so I appreciate you helping me out. Hey, you know, we do what we can. Uh, as a former player and one who obviously made a big statement against the Broncos, what does this series mean to you? Yeah, I mean, this this series means a lot. When you, when you look at Boise, um, Utah, and Utah State, I mean, these are three of the biggest statement games of the season. Um, you know, no matter how good or bad your season is going, this is a chance to prove um, you know, your physical presence in this mountain region with your rivals. Um, you know, the way that I view it, you know, there's a lot of local high school kids that, um, you know, have their eyes on these four programs, you know, including BYU. And so if you want to be, if you want the best of the best, um, you know, we all, we know how much talent there is here in the state of Utah. You need to start winning the region and making your presence, you know, not, I mean, you're not going to win every game, but but make your physical presence known as a as a solid program that can compete with these rivals. And so this series means, you know, a lot more than just a rivalry game. Well, and I mean, you don't have to look any further than Zach Wilson, who was a Boise State commit, decided to go to BYU. I mean, these these teams cross a lot when it comes to recruiting. That's an aspect that I don't know if people necessarily think a whole lot about. Yeah, no, exactly. And so, you know, this is and, and so like I mentioned, I mean, this is a game that, that means more than, it's it's not just a rivalry game. This is, you know, we want to we wanna win, um, make a statement here that's going to affect us five years down the road. And so, so it is a, it's a big game tonight. We'll see how this one pans out with the weather. Um, but uh, you know, both teams are going to face these weather issues and, and we'll see how you know, who comes out on top. As we have gone through this season, the two factors and the two things that we've talked most about, and it's not just us talking about it, it's the coaches and players as well. The two biggest areas that BYU is trying to fix, it's red zone touchdown percentage, scoring more touchdowns, scoring more points, as well as rush defense. What do you believe is easier to fix right away? You know, that, that's a hard question to answer because, I mean, we've seen the issues that we've had so far. But in my opinion, I believe the rush defense is easier. Um, and the only reason for that is, you know, when you look at rush defense, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times it's, a, it's about effort and, and physically stepping up your game. 
You know, you know, I'm not saying players haven't played hard up to this point because from what I've seen, I mean, you've got guys that are really playing hard, uh, but there's always a little more you can bring if you're dialed in the right way. Um, you know, I hope this week in practice, coaches, you know, we're trying to fit, find players that they can trust and give it their all because in my mind, you know, again, I was never a defensive player, but stopping the run can be about who wants it more. And if you have tentative players, they will be exposed. Um, I also think, you know, some changes need to happen. Um, you know, from, you know, maybe it's bringing a, a, a player or two more in the box more frequently, uh, putting some twists and, you know, five-man rushes in there just to, to mix things up and get that quarterback uncomfortable. Uh, but I think that that would be an easier fix right now. With that said, I think to compete in this game, there needs to be, I mean, there needs to be improvement on both, you know, facets. Um, they, they, there needs to be more consistent red zone touchdown scoring um, to be able to compete with a team. Um, you know, I came across this stat earlier. Um, in Boise State's last four games, um, they have led a 23-point-per-game margin of victory over the last four. And, you know, BYU is only averaging 22 points a game. And so that's that's a big difference. And we need both sides of the ball to step up to make a difference and, and compete in this ballgame. As we heard with Greg Rubel just a few moments ago, based off of his conversation, which you will hear in its entirety coming up a little bit later on in pregame with uh, head coach Kalani Satake, uh, Jaron Hall, who started to have, uh, was, was involved in practice this week, and you thought maybe things were trending towards him being able to play. That will not be the case. Baylor Romney will make his first start as a BYU Cougar. What are your thoughts on, on Baylor getting his start and what that means that the, we'll see from the offense tonight? Yeah, so we'll obviously see, you know, maybe a, a, a modified version of the game plan if if Jaron Hall were to be healthy and he could take snaps. Uh, but, you know, like we, we all saw, I mean, we saw flashes of greatness from Baylor. And, and this will be a great test. I mean, he, and he's not going to have an easy task. He's going against number 14, Boise State. Um, the, the weather's not going to play in his favor as a quarterback who, who, who would love to throw the ball and sling it around. Um, and, and so, but with that said, I mean, I, I've got high expectations for Baylor. I think, you know, to, to take snaps as the, as the QB1, um, you know, in a specific game, there, there's that level of responsibility that you feel as a player. And, and I think Baylor, from what I've seen, he, he can, he's definitely capable. Um, and, and I'm just excited to see what he can bring. We saw, you know, Zach, Jaron's game was different from Zach's and, and we loved what we saw with, with Jaron. And so Baylor's going to be different. There's going to be some similarities, but I'm excited to see what he brings as a quarterback, um, his leadership on the field, because it's going to need to be there even as a freshman quarterback. Um, and so I'm, you know, I'm just excited to see how he responds to this, to this call um, and, uh, and lead this BYU team, this offense, uh, to, to try to fix some of the mistakes or, or issues that we've had up, uh, you know, in the season up to date. This is what impressed me about Baylor last week at South Florida. He obviously did not plan on going into the game. You certainly aren't ever planning on injuries. Now, you obviously have to be ready. But when the situation happened and Baylor was told you're in the game, he did not look overwhelmed. He did not look rattled. I think that speaks highly to Baylor. You know, he was out there with his brother. So, yeah, yeah. you know, he, Just he playing felt catch with he his was, brother. You're right. You know, and, and a lot of times we saw a lot of, you know, a great connection between between Baylor and Gunner. But, but I, you know, I completely agree when when Jaron went down and, and, and Baylor, you know, he stepped up, started warming up, and, and he did. He just looked confident. And, and you know this kid, he's, you know, he's prepped for this his entire life. Um, you know, it, playing at the D1 level, there's a lot of mental and, and physical preparation that is, 
it, that comes, and, and a lot of times you don't know when your specific number is going to be called, and, and that's just a testament to how he has prepared. Um, he was ready for that moment, and now that he has had a week, um, I'm sure he's had, you know, I, I know it's been up in the air of who was going to start this game, if Jaren was going to be healthy or not, but I know for a fact that, that Gunner, or, um, sorry, uh, Baylor, uh, Baylor was coming into this game thinking, I need to prep as if I'm going to be the guy, and, and, and so I'm excited to see how much more confident he is when he steps on the field tonight. Mitch, last question for you before we let you go. Uh, from a motivation standpoint, having lost three in a row, it being a rivalry game, what type of performance and energy do you expect from the Cougars tonight? You know, I, I expect very high energy. Um, when you look at rivalry games, they always start off a, as a high energy game, and so I have no doubt that BYU will come out hungry. Um, hopefully we can get... Um, you know, a crowd representation tonight in Lavelle Edwards Stadium to help them out even more. Um, you know, hoping that the rain's not going to scare off too many fans. Um, but but what I want to see tonight is, you know, if things don't go B BYU's way early, um, that the motivation and energy remains at a high until BYU can get back in the game. Um, one thing I have noticed, um, you know, is, is that BYU's energy so far this season, it, it's kind of volatile and dependent on how their performance is going. And so I want to see them correct that. If You know, even if there are lows and, and, B and Boise State does get out to a quick lead, that there are players on the sideline, especially the captains and leaders of this team, that are rallying the troops and getting them, you know, up and motivated because that's what's going to allow them to get back in this game and compete, you know, in, in a four-quarter performance that's, that's going to be needed uh, tonight. Mitch, great stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll let you go and get ready for the broadcast tonight. Thanks, man. Thanks so much, Jason. You bet. Mitchell Jurgens, our sideline reporter. You'll hear him on the broadcast coming up a little bit later on with Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. On the other side, we will go across the field and hear from Bronco head coach Brian Harson. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jason Shepard with you from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, side of tonight's BYU football game, hosting 14th-ranked Boise State. And speaking of the Broncos, it's time to hear from their head coach, Brian Harson. And Coach Harson knows all about facing BYU. He's done it as a head coach, but he's also been at Boise State as a player, as an assistant coach. He was asked about what he saw from the Cougars when he watched the tape of the South Florida game. I see a lot of the same similarities I've seen over the years, and I'm looking at personnel, I'm looking at and so just kind of, you know, I, I see the personnel. I see the really good players. I see the their abilities and, and watch how they, they play, their physicality. As these teams face each other every season now, Coach Harson was asked if his team is still excited to play BYU. They're excited about the game. They, they respect BYU, and they, they're excited to, to take the challenge of going on the road and you know, trying, to, trying to find a way to get themselves prepared to go out there and have success. I mean, that's... That's why they're fired up. And, you know, you look at the teams in the past that have played, you know, and, and a lot of these guys that are on this team have played in those games. So they know the history of it. And there's a lot of things that they remember from playing against them. And when you have common opponents every year, you kind of remember, oh, yeah, that happened in that game. And so it gets you excited to go back and have another opportunity and, and go compete against that player again. You know, it's reminiscent of obviously when you, when you, play a conference opponent you play him every year and you remember back oh I remember what happened then and 
you know, Coach Harson is sort of alluding to that, that when you play as often as these two teams do and playing every year, we'll, we'll get to the series information coming up in a second, but you do have those memories and, and what happened. And obviously with BYU being 2-7 and seven all time versus the Broncos, uh, certainly something uh, BYU looking to buck that trend and start having a little bit more success. And interestingly enough, you know, when we were talking with, uh, with Mitchell Jurgens, he was talking about the recruiting aspect and how these rivalry games are important, not just for wins and what it means for that season specifically, but for a lot of different factors. I mean, a lot of these teams are going after the same types of players, and a win over one you know, may sway somebody. So there's a lot that goes into these. And, and again, whether or not you consider Boise State a rival, and I know that there may be some purists, that, and I can certainly understand it, where you have one rival, and it's Utah. Now, obviously, Utah State is considered a rival. Boise State is considered a rival. Uh, but regardless of how you view Boise State, this is certainly a, a big game for the BYU Cougars tonight. Now, the BYU offense, in terms of being aware of things, they're certainly aware of redshirt junior linebacker Curtis Weaver, and we talked about him earlier in the uh, in the program. Weaver dethroned former Cougar Jan Jorgensen as the Mountain West Conference's all-time leader in sacks with 29 and a half. And Coach Harson talked about his stud linebacker and said while he has great ability, he still has room to improve. Well, I think statistically he's, he's a standout. I mean, I've seen some really good football players on defense. And he's, he's a good player. He's done some things statistically that have shown up. But, I mean, we're, what, six games? So it's really hard to say. I mean, I've seen him uh, in a lot of areas that he needs to improve. You know, Curtis is uh, prepared each week. He'll go out there and he'll play well and he'll do his assignment. And then if there's an opportunity, I do think that he's got the ability to rush the passer. He's shown that. Um, and if he doesn't, then he's, he's very average. You know, that way too. So it all for, for Curtis is how he prepares himself week in and week out to get ready to play. But he's got he's got ability and he has worked hard and it does show up on game day when he's had a good week of practice. I certainly don't want to put words in Coach Harson's mouth, but here's what I read that into. Here's what I read into that. We know he's really, really good, but we don't want to get a big head by talking about him that much. Like this guy is fantastic. And coaches obviously want to use that as motivation that, hey, well, he's got to have a good week of practice. If he doesn't have a good week of practice, then we'll see. Like, that's that's all motivation. This guy is fantastic. And certainly the BYU offense going to be well aware of where Curtis Weaver is tonight. All right, I mentioned this. The game with Boise State, part of an original agreement between the two schools back in 2012 for a 12-game series. And just last month, BYU and Boise agreed to a new 10-game series that will be will pick up in 2025, two years after the original deal comes to an end. And Coach Harson says he believes this series is important to both schools. I think it's fine because of the location. I think because that the fan base really enjoys playing in this game or, or being a part of this game. And you know that's that's been every single year. So if you're going to get that type of support from the fan base on both sides and playing a game like this, I mean for your players. This becomes a recruiting tool that you get to play a team like BYU and have a crowd like that, have support like that, because that helps you with getting players to be excited about your program. I and mean, this was one of the games, until our Hawaii game, this was one of the top crowds we've ever had. might have been the second most until last game that we've had, and that was back in like 2012 or something like that. It's been a good series. I think it makes sense. And I think that's why they put it together and why they decided they should continue and extend it. Well, and when you think about it, that's a series. Once the new series kicks in for the 10 games, that will be uh, into 2035. And if it's not 
the longest one out. It's certainly pretty darn close in terms of games scheduled out for BYU, and obviously it's important enough for both schools to want to extend it. When we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football, a very busy day, and some upsets already in the top 25. We'll go over all of it coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jason Shepard with you. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. Let's get you caught up on some other action in college football. Game's going on right now in the top 25 in the third quarter in Austin. Number 15, Texas, all tied up with Kansas. 24 apiece, 342 to go in the third quarter. At the half, a much-anticipated battle between Penn State and and Michigan, Nittany Lions, with a 14-point lead right now again at halftime. 21-7 right now, Penn State leading the Wolverines. 421 to go in the first quarter. How about this? Tennessee hanging around with number one Alabama. 7-7 early in that game. Certainly don't expect that to, to remain close as that goes uh, through the evening. All right, finals from the top 25. Number 13, Utah. Defeats number 17, Arizona State, 21-3 in Salt Lake City. Number two, LSU wins at Mississippi State, 36-13. Third-ranked Clemson defeats Louisville, 45-10. Number five, Oklahoma wins at home big over West Virginia, 52-14. Hopefully Boomer Sooner is uh, feeling better after the, uh, the wagon crash earlier today, which I'm sure most of you, if you've been in social media, have seen. Illinois upsetting number six, Wisconsin, 24-23, the final score. Number nine, Florida winning at South Carolina, 38-27. 10th-ranked Georgia shuts out Kentucky, 21-0. 11th-ranked Auburn winning at Arkansas, 51-10. Really good game up in the Pacific Northwest. Number 12, Oregon at number 25, Washington. The Ducks get the win, 35-31, Washington was driving late with just under two minutes to go on a fourth down play, unable to convert. Probably could have called pass interference on Oregon. The refs did not. Therefore, the game was over at that point. The Ducks win 35-31, and they are certainly well on their way to winning the Pac-12 North Division. 18th-ranked Baylor winning at Oklahoma State, 45-27. 19th-ranked SMU defeats Temple, 45-21. 20th-ranked Minnesota defeats Rutgers, 42-7. It was number 21, Cincinnati, on top of Tulsa, 24-13. Mizzou, 22nd in the country, loses at Vandy. Vanderbilt getting the 21-14 win. Number 23, Iowa, 6 better than Purdue at 26-20. And it was number 24, Appalachian State, over Louisiana Monroe, 52-7. to uh, The only game in the top 25 that has yet to kick off is our game, which is set, and by the way, the, the game has slid a little bit uh, time-wise, now set to get underway at about 8.25 Mountain Time. Coming up a little bit later on tonight, locally, Utah State hosting Nevada. That game kicks off uh, in about a half an hour or so. Uh, also earlier today, it was Weber State defeating Northern Arizona 51-28. to And in action right now at the half in Cedar City, Southern Utah trailing UC Davis 26-7. That's a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Zions Bank, for banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the Brigham Young University campus in Provo, Utah, as tonight, for the fourth time in four home games, BYU welcomes a top 25 team to town. It's the 14th-ranked Boise State Broncos looking for their fourth straight win in the series with BYU. While the Cougs are out to stop that skid and their current three-game losing streak overall, BYU's last win came more than a month ago right here against ranked USC. I am your play-by-play commentator, Greg Grubel, joined in our broadcast booth by the former Cougar quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And uh, Riley, BYU in a tough spot, uh, back-to-back-to-back setbacks, the last two of which were games that BYU had in hand on the road at Toledo and South Florida. Both games got away, and while that was happening, more key players were lost to injury, including starting quarterbacks in consecutive weeks, Zach Wilson at Toledo and Jaron Hall in Tampa. And as may be the case with tonight's uh, weather, (laughs) they say when it rains, it pours. It's uh, kind of been that way for the Cougs over the last few weeks. Most definitely it has. And, you know, well, there's maybe not much reason as you look at the weather and and all the things that you just mentioned for maybe fans to come out. Who knows what the attendance and all that will be. But this is why I love college sports because you still have to play the game. Pick your favorite upset, whether it was, you know, the U.S. over the Soviet Union in in, – in hockey or whatever it may be that's why you play the game because anything can happen on any given night and how about illinois over wisconsin and today? i was okay? uh, thank you i was just gonna say i'm hoping to play off your when it rains it pours the rain was a two and four illinois beating a six and oh wisconsin and the pouring hopefully tonight for us will be a two and four byu beating a ranked six and oh boise state there he is. The week of practice preceding today's game saw Jaron Hall in limited stages of activity as he tried to clear concussion protocol after getting knocked out of last week's loss at USF. Coming up next, we'll get the latest on BYU's court, uh, starting quarterback situation from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. The coaches' comments are coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Last week in Tampa, redshirt freshman quarterback Jaron Hall was making his first start at quarterback and uh, it's going pretty well. He had uh, passed for a touchdown, he had run for a touchdown, and BYU was in the lead in the fourth quarter. Then he was hit while throwing from the pocket. His head slammed into the turf. He went to the sideline and would not return as he went into the concussion protocol. BYU missed a field goal on the ensuing play. It was a huge miss, too, as BYU would soon trail the game and then need a touchdown, not a field goal, for the win. And without Jaron Hall, BYU could not get into the end zone on either of two late red zone drives led by their third-string quarterback, Baylor Romney. This past week was all about finding out whether Hall could make it back in time for the Boise State game. And to answer that question, we head to, we turn now to head coach Kalani Sitake in our pregame interview brought to you by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Here's Kalani on what his quarterback situation will be tonight. 
Uh, we'll go with Baylor Romney tonight, and uh, Jaron will not be able to for, to participate. And so, uh, Baylor, we prepped with him, prepped him all week, and, and looking forward to see what he can do with this offense. And we're banged up in a lot, a lot of different places, but uh, we have a lot of confidence in him, and I think the preparation has been good for him this week. What kind of week was it for Jaron in terms of how much work he could get done, and how hopeful were you of getting him ready to play tonight? Well, we we put him through some some uh, some work and practiced him a little bit, but you know. The most important thing is for him to pass the protocol from the training room, and he didn't pass earlier in the week. And then, you know, it was day to day, and then uh, game time decision was going to be the, the deal. And then now it's been made; he won't be playing. Okay. So with uh, Baylor as the one, uh, Joe Critchlow becomes your backup tonight. Yes, and that's Rhett Riley. Hopefully, we don't need him on, as a three. Okay. And, and and what did you want to get done with Baylor in this week, knowing that there's a good chance he would be your guy uh, tonight? Well, I think we got a lot of reps, and uh, fortunately for us, you know, he, he has a lot of the similar tools that Jaron has, and so I think there's some carryover there. But uh, just giving him the ability to run the offense and, and get uh, those valuable reps with the ones is really important this week. He was a Mountain West Conference signee coming out of high school back in the day, right? Yeah, he signed with, uh, I think, Rolovich was the OC at, at, Nevada. at Nevada, and uh, after his mission had, you know, change of heart, wanted to be here at BYU and, and uh, wanted to be here for a lot of reasons, but... Um, you know, it chose to walk on instead of take a scholarship at either Nevada or Hawaii, and so we're just really thankful that he made that decision. And I think uh, you know, we'll see some good connections between him and, and maybe his brother and the other the other receivers and tight ends that are out there. You said he has some similarities to Jaron. Uh, what are maybe some particular strong suits for Baylor Romney as a quarterback? I think I've mentioned this before. It's just his, his poise and composure that he shows on the field. Uh, doesn't get rattled very easily. A lot like Jaron, you know, and he has some running ability as well. He can run the ball and. And he's a tough kid, so those are very similar to what Jaron has. And uh, you know, I think we're gonna have to put in a position to have success. It's, it's uh, there's a little bit of weather tonight, so mm-hmm. um, we have to just pick and choose when we think is gonna be wise to to use him as a, as a throwing quarterback. But there's a lot of different things we can do with our offense. And you're gonna be needing to explore some offensive line depth uh, to keep uh, Baylor protected tonight. Yeah, we're down uh, four O linemen. Uh, Thomas Schof is out for the season, and unfortunate, you know, but. Uh, we've been out with uh, uh, we haven't had Tristan Hodge for a few games now, and um, you know with uh, Kiefer Longson being out as well, and Keanu Saliaponga, and um, you know it, we're we're still going through some things here, but uh, I think uh, it's a good opportunity for some of the others to, to step in and play. Because of how big he is at six eight, the uh, son of Jim, Jim Freeland, Blake Freeland, there was a lot of excitement for his potential, and we may get to see that potential sooner than later. It sounds like. Yeah, looks like Blake Freeland will be the starter at right tackle for us as a true freshman. Haven't seen that happen quite often, you know, but I think he's he's going to be doing some great things. Uh, you'll see Harris LeChance in the mix as well. So uh, Clark Barrington had his first start last week, and, and these guys are young, but they're big, and they're, they should be able to, to help provide some protection for our quarterback. Besides the personnel itself on offense, uh, will we notice any demonstrable changes in the way BYU plays offensive football tonight, do you think? I hope so. I mean, I think the, the most important thing is to score points, and I know it's a, a tough task to ask when you're going against a ranked team and a a team that creates a lot of havoc like the, like Boise State does on defense. But uh, regardless, we need to find ways to score points. And uh, it's a team goal, but really offensively, we have to be aggressive and find ways to get the ball in the end zone. Any defensive changes uh, you, you'd care to talk about before the game tonight? Yeah, we're moving Diane back to safety. I think he'll give us a good look uh, in this matchup against Boise. And Bo Tanner will be playing corner uh, tonight. And uh, We've had a lot of uh, carryover between those two training in both positions all season long. And uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see some guys that are going to play there. We have, a, I think, maybe a Troy Warner be able to add some depth for us in this game, and, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, the most, for the most part, we're 
we're healthy. We've lost a couple D linemen for the season. Earl Mariner will be out, but um, you know, and Jetty Tuiloma. But the rest of the guys, I think, will be able to provide some depth for us up front. Well, the Troy Warner news is pretty exciting because he and Chris Wilcox weren't able to begin the year with you, and now you're getting Troy back. How excited are you to have uh, Troy Warner back on the field for you? And does he play the rest of the way, or do you try and play him only four games and get him back another year? Or? Yeah, the goal is to play them at four games, and I think for Troy, uh, he's. Still not 100%, and so this will be more of a depth thing if, if, if he's on in the game. But uh, I, I think for us, he's got a valuable experience, and that's something that we need. But more than anything, his leadership on the field is going to be really important. But uh, I think Troy's going to be, um, you know, for us to play him four games, same thing with Chris Wilcox, play them four games, and they'll be seniors next year. But we'll use the four games this year when they're healthy, and Chris will probably be later on in the year. Great. Uh, Boise State, uh, fourth straight ranked team you get here at home this year. Yeah, a tough team. Uh, you know, they're really big up front and balanced on offense. They can throw the ball and run the ball, have a lot of different weapons, and quarterback's the key. So, uh, you know, this, it's not easy, but I think I think our guys are going to have to be ready to play and make, make uh, things really difficult for them. And then, you know, we'll have to take some chances here and there and, and, and with the play calls and find ways to get an advantage on, on defense. And then I mentioned what we're going to do on offense and special teams. It, it, it's going to be a team, a team effort. But to play really good in all three phases doesn't have to be perfect. But the effort will be there from our players. But I think there's there's some some risks and chances that we're going to have to take. We're talking in pregame when the wind's up and the rain's coming down. And who knows if the weather stays squirrely tonight. But on those kinds of nights, the question is always a cliche. You know, does it favor one side or the other, one team or the other? How do you approach weather games? Oh, we're both in this weather. So uh, it's it's not uh, sunny and, and, and uh, you know, bright like, like we've seen in other games in the past, in the, in this season. But uh, our guys are ready. I know they'll be ready. And, and uh our fans are ready. I'm more concerned about the fans staying, uh, you know, healthy and not getting sick for for church tomorrow. But uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be cold, and I think both teams will have the same have to deal with the same things as far as uh, weather goes. All right. Good luck in this one, Kalani. We'll talk to you post game. Thank you. Let's go. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake bringing us to the Homie Home Field Advantage, brought to you by Homie, who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homie's got your back, saving you sweet cash. When buying or selling a home, call it your homey home field advantage. And tonight, we have BYU at home hoping to snap Boise State's road win streak. The Broncos have won their last six away games dating back to last season. It is the third longest current streak in college football. As we take this time out, a reminder that title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our preview of BYU and Boise State rolls on right after this. You've been listening to the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Also by Utah Honda Dealers. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation, and welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Chile, Provo, Utah, where a heavy rain has turned into a lighter rain. 
Tonight, the 14th-ranked Boise State Broncos visit, looking to beat BYU in a fourth straight meeting. And that has never happened in this series. Four wins in a row for Boise, nor for BYU, of course, which tonight will be contesting against the Broncos for a tenth time. Once this current series concludes in 2023, it'll take a one-year hiatus before another deal opens up in uh, 2025, concluding in 2034. I'm Greg Grubel with my broadcast partner, Riley Nelson, up here in the broadcast booth. We are joined by on-site engineers, Barry Squires and Michael Wimmer, statistician, Ralph Sokolowski, spotter, McKay Perry. Our pregame halftime and postgame host is Jason Shepard. While down on the field, we have former BYU wide receiver, Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The rest of our broadcast crew consisting of BYU radio engineer Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Tanner Rawl, as well as broadcast interns James Havel at BYU Radio and interns Jeff Carroll and Max Clark with us here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And we are coming to you live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, headed by our satellite flagship, BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. You can also hear us over the air on BYU Radio 89.1 FM HD2, along with KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are also on network affiliates in the Intermountain West, including new affiliate KDXU in St. George, and we are streaming live globally on the BYU Radio, BYU Cougars, and KSL Radio apps here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Fans can also hear us on the BYU Game Day app. And we are streaming at BYUradio.org and BYUcougars.com slash live radio to get our archives, commercial break free, and quarter by quarter, go to BYUradio.org or the BYU Football Podcast. Well, BYU's quarterback quandary is its own issue. We've talked about it. Uh, no Jaron Hall tonight. Baylor Romney starts. But underlying... The Cougars' current struggles are two main trouble spots, one on offense, one on defense. And having said that, we must acknowledge that uh, BYU special teams have had some issues. Uh, Jake Oldroyd is combining long makes with some shorter misses. The coverage teams have been uh, giving up a few big plays, and last week's fumbled punt snap kind of helped BYU lose that game at USF. But back to the other stuff. It's a simple thing, but a huge thing. BYU can't score enough points uh, for a third straight season. BYU has played its first six games without topping 30 points. And 30 points is an average number in college football these days. This season, BYU hasn't scored more than 27 in regulation in any game. And much of the lack of productivity comes down to red zone and long drive inefficiency. BYU's red zone TD percentage has dropped from 69% last year to 39% this year. Of the last 16 possessions at or inside the opponent's 35-yard line, BYU has scored in only eight of the 16. BYU has zero scores on drives longer than 75s, longer than 75 yards, and of BYU's 14 drives of 10-plus plays, none have ended in touchdowns. The Cougs, Riley, can move the ball, but they struggle to put it past the goal line. Most definitely, Greg, and those are some staggering stats, really, and and I think really (laughs) they paint a portrait that's a, a unique set of frustrations, but... As the old saying goes, necessity is the mother of invention. And so they, I hope to see some, some inventive things for many reasons. You, you've uh, reported that Jaron Hall's out, so Baylor Romney, someone who I don't think anyone ever envisioned starting a game this season, is, is now starting. But here we are today, and you, got, you can't roll over and die and, and give up the game. You go out there and compete, and I think you have to do some inventive and creative things. And there's, 
This is also a time uh, that I think you put the platitudes to the test. You hear comments about next man up and we're stepping up and, and we're preparing and all these things. Well, let's now is the time to come out and show it. No better opportunity than having a ranked Boise State on nationally televised, potentially where pretty much everybody, including your opponent, may be overlooking you to really come. It's a great opportunity to shock the world and, and do something truly extraordinary. All right, so we have more of the Cougar Kickoff Show coming up after we share with you that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. When we come back, BYU seeks to overcome its challenges on the defensive side of the ball against one of the better offensive teams in college football. You're listening to the Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Bird Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The uh, the rain is still gently falling, but uh, nothing like it was uh, half an hour, certainly not an hour ago. It was really coming down. Uh, things clearing up a little bit here on this uh, cold, damp night here in Provo. It's homecoming for a BYU the Boise State Broncos in town. It's a late-night kick. Uh, the first one of these uh, BYU's had at home since the season opener with Utah back in late August. Tonight's game, the uh, first evening affair after four straight Saturday matinees as well. So BYU comes into tonight's game ranked to 76th in yards per play allowed, then 86th in yards per game allowed, then 95th in points allowed. You see, it gets more and more serious here. 101st in yards per rush allowed and 123rd in yard rush yards per game allowed. And even when the Cougs' uh, defense excels, that's enforcing turnovers, the Cougars are not turning takeaways into points. Conversely, when the offense gives it up, the defense immediately gives up a touchdown. And whereas BYU struggles with long fields, the defense has given up nine scoring drives longer than 75 yards this year. So, Riley, what has been working for BYU under Kalani Sitake in the past is not working so well this season. Something, or a lot of things, have to change on that side of the ball. Now, getting a guy like uh, Diane Gomoliku back this week uh, will help, but uh, BYU will likely need uh, new looks on D to get things done. And the question is, how much of any new stuff can or will work against an offense as productive as the one BYU will see tonight, even if the Broncos are down two, and it looks like they will be down two, their backup quarterback, Chase Court. You know, one of the interesting things, I, I was an offensive player, and I, as an offensive player, you have to have feel like it's it feels like a very academic approach where being a defensive player is very much more emotional. I always used to say, if you can just get the 11 guys on defense to play harder, then you will automatically become better as a defense or naturally become better as a defense. Offensively, if you are if you try harder, well, if guys aren't you know coming off and they're not coordinated in their attack and they're not executing the play, you're not necessarily going to be better. That said, Chaz Ayu made some comments that made the rounds on social media and throughout Cougar Nation about how he takes things personally and he's extremely displeased with the performance so far. Brackenell Bakri made some comments about how much this team supports and is loyal to Kalani. Well, to me, it, it, this uh, hopefully one aspect of a new look defense, while I do expect some different plays and maybe some different looks, hopefully there will be a renewed and a new look attitude from this defense. And I think if they can do that, it will go a long way to stymieing a productive Boise offense. That is Riley Nelson. Break time and time again for You Be the Judge, brought to you 
by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. And tonight we're going with a BYU football trivia question. In what year did BYU play Boise State in football for the first time? The answer coming up next as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, they're getting you set for BYU and 14th-ranked Boise State and giving you the answer in tonight's BYU football trivia question in our You Be the Judge feature brought to you by Legally Mine. And the question tonight was, in what year did BYU play Boise State in football for the first time? Riley, you want to take a run at this one? So uh, I don't believe they ever played them when they were back at the time. It was 1AA. Did they? Give nope. me that hint. Okay. No, they did not. So then I'll say... Uh, I want around Coach Dome. Yeah, he was my coach, Dome, and around Brandon Doman's era. So like 99, 2000, 2001 ish. Uh, 2003. Oh, okay. Head so coach, uh, yeah, shortly head, thereafter. Head coach Gary Croton, 2003, 2004, two game deal there, home and home. When Gary was the head coach, and it did not resume again until 2012 in the uh, current 12 year deal. So there you go, 2003. You be the judge, presented by Legally Mine. BYU tonight begins the downhill side of its regular season schedule, and with six games to play. BYU needs four wins for bowl eligibility. Before we talk a little bit more about that, let's head down to field level and catch our national anthem. to BYU with six games left. Needs four wins to get bowl eligible with three games against an FCS team and then fellow Independence Liberty and UMass who'd like to count on those three wins, meaning BYU would have to win at least one of three against these teams. Boise State at home tonight, Utah State on the road in two weeks, San Diego State on the road to end the season. Each will be hard to get in its own way. Boise kind of speaks for itself. The Ags have won back-to-back -back over BYU and they're at home. The Aztecs have one of the stingiest defenses in the game. They improved to 6-1 tonight. If BYU is going to get to a bowl game, Riley, they'll have earned it in one difficult way or another. No question, Greg. One of the things uh, that we've mentioned previously in this pregame show is we do have some guys um, 
coming back from injury. You mentioned Troy Warner suited up tonight. Chris Wilcox is looking like he's going to be able to be available for maybe some of those later matchups against perhaps San Diego State. I don't know if as soon as Utah State. But no better place to start than now. I, I think there is an opportunity tonight where there are absolutely no expectations and everybody is riding off this BYU team for tonight's. And to me, those are when you are most primed for an upset opportunity. So I no better time to start than now. Secure that win. You know, you talk about the three opportunities. Let's cash in on the first opportunity here tonight. All right, coming up more from Riley, and we hear from Mitchell Jurgens as our preview of BYU and Boise State continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the injuries, uh, they're a part of the game. And Riley, you played through injuries and had to miss games due to injuries. Never a good time for one, and every player in the two deep is a vital one. But, man, it's been a rough go for BYU on the health front. And while there's always an element of a simple bad luck to some or most of injuries, it's also fair to say that when you play four straight P5s to open a season, it puts a certain amount of physical stress on a team and a program. That said, Zach Wilson gets hurt against Toledo and Jaron Hall against USF, non-P5 program. So either way, six games in, this is not the same BYU team it was a few weeks ago, certainly not uh, in late August. No question, and we met, we talked so much about the high-profile names, Zach Wilson, Tyson Williams, Jaron Hall, the those names that we all love to talk about as, as the prime offensive players, but there's also incredible injuries on the offensive line up front and in the defensive secondary, and, and it's kind of been a revolving door in the, the linebacking core that struggled in, that, in, those, uh, in the challenge to be able to stop the run. Uh, nonetheless, it creates new opportunities for younger players, and as one who also found, you know, early on in my college football career, I relish those opportunities to get a chance to cash in on my preparation, show my coaches and teammates that even though I was young and maybe a little bit inexperienced, I could still make plays and help the team produce wins maybe when nobody else thought that we had a chance. All right, down to our sideline guy, Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you and Mitchell. We're now four years removed from your huge game against Boise State on this field. BYU won at 35-24 back in 2015. You had the game-winning touchdown catch, and it was the last time the Cougars beat the Broncos. The Utah game, the Boise game, the Utah State game. These are the regional rivalry games Kalani emphasizes with his guys as one of this program's main goals as games to win. Exactly, Greg. No matter how good or bad your season is going, these are statement games between two teams that are playing for more than just a W. Uh, what I'm looking for tonight is a much more consistent game from start to finish. We have seen great halves and, and not so great halves, uh, which have resulted in big losses for the Cougars. Um, so what I would love to see in consistency um, from an offensive perspective is to score in every quarter, most of those being touchdowns. We've seen too often goose eggs in game summaries, and they're going to need to be consistent to keep up. Uh, from a defensive perspective, stop the run. I know we've talked a lot about this, but it seems that we'll see a few more changes from scheme and personnel, which needs to translate into stops. And lastly, special teams, you know, no mistakes, made field goals and, and prevent big plays. If they can do that, we should be in, in for a great rivalry game tonight. Mitchell, thank you. Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss and the kickoff. They're coming up next. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on 
the new skin, BYU Sports Network.